The VO Live is brought to you by Zencaster. No, really. It's recorded on Zencaster. So it's truly brought to you by Zencaster. This is the VO Life. Positive conversations about living the voiceover life. Inside into the business and day-to-day grind of being a regular Joe VO. From the humble beginnings to the finally hitting a new level to getting that first big client. It's all about that VO life. Here's your host, Troy Holden. Hey, 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 welcome back to the VO Life. I'm Troy Holden, your blue-collar voice of choice. And this week, we are going to get down and dirty. We're going to talk about truth, and we're going to talk about, yeah, there'll be some opinion. There always is. But episode 66, episode 66, wow, who'd have thunk it? But um, this one today is all about truth and consequences, uh, truth and lies, uh, how to get to the bottom of some stuff. And some of this is common sense and some of this you, you know, you're probably going to know about. But here's what here's what set this off. And there may be blowback from this one. That's OK. That's what I'm supposed to do is make you really think about uh, this this world of voiceover and and if you're getting started and getting into it. And I want you to really think about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. Are you going to do it? So we're going to dig into advertising that you'll see and and how do I know? Uh, how do I know this is legitimate? And how do I know that this is right? I saw an ad this week that said, um, you know, how you can have a six-figure income in voiceover. Okay, well, how you can do that is you make over $100,000, right? That's that's pretty easy, but it's not really telling you the full truth. Uh, there are people all over Facebook, TikTok, um, different places who are advocating coaching and advocating helping you, and a lot of them will help you. They They could be legit. They could not be legit, but how do you know? How do you know who's legit and who can truly help you? And this is not uh, a, a podcast for me to say, well, you should let me help you. I don't coach. I just don't. Uh, I'm not qualified to coach. I'm not, uh, I'm not making six figures and I'm not qualified. So there's no way. But how do you know who's out there just to make a side income or who's truly good at what they do? Are they really making a lot of money at this? Are they that good? Well, heck, it's pretty easy to research that, you know. Dig in, ask questions, ask them, what agencies are you with? Uh, how many jobs do you book a month? Um, how much did you make last year? Just in voiceover, not in coaching, just in voiceover. How much did you make? You know, if they're, if they're truthful and honest, they'll tell you that. Um, yeah, probably, and probably, probably not. You got to wonder, right? But it's just, you got to research, there's so many people. I even saw a couple this past week. It said uh, they're launching their coaching business. Well, guess what? When I looked into it, they should launch a coaching business. They're freaking legit. I mean, they have been in this for 10, 12 years. This has been their sole income and they're doing extremely well. So they've decided to coach. Are they coaching because they're not busy otherwise? Probably not. No, it's probably because they have a passion to share. Now, to me, that's one of the key things. If the person coaching doesn't have a passion for the coaching and a passion to share and, and pay back or pay forward or whatever you want to call it, I got to worry about it. If it's a grind and it's 
most of their business? I'm sorry, I got to worry about it. I want somebody that's in touch with the current situations that are going on. Uh, I want somebody that's open-minded about the industry that is not closed-minded to you cannot ever go on these platforms, these low-paying platforms, uh, because I just think that's when you're starting, you want to work and you want to do something. How can I pay a coach if I'm not making money doing it? Well, if you have another good day job, you can probably do that. Yeah, but what if you got a family? What if you're, what if you're trying to build just a side hustle? You know, and this is not a number one thing for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to go full time at this. You know, uh, people that are doing it are, are a lot of them are just miserable in what they're doing. And they want to go full time because they're in a miserable job. They're a, they have a creative ability and a creative mind and, and they want to create and they can't in their job because they're in something stoic and it just doesn't work. And that was where I found myself. I, I stopped a few years sooner than I meant to. Um, and, and, the, and for the last few months, I'm, I've scratched my head a few times and thought, man, if I had stayed where I was and could have kept doing what I'm doing at the level I'm doing it at, that would have been all right. But I would have been miserable. I was miserable. I was uh, wilting away inside. So let, let me stay on track. Here, here's the truth about voiceover. For me, this was a dream job. I've had a passion to do this since I was five years old, meaning I wanted to use my voice to make a living since I was a kid. I mean, I, I was that kid who was, uh, I had dual turntables in my room and I played DJ and stuff. And, you know, yeah, I got outside, rode my bike and played football and baseball and all that stuff. I was a pretty decent athlete, but I loved music and loved radio and all that and thought that will be my life. And it didn't work out that way. It just didn't. Uh, I went to uh, Middle Tennessee State University. They had a great mass comm program. And I very quickly found out what the life of a disc jockey was. And I said, I, that's not for me. I'll never make a living doing that. that you know, that's just not great. And I let I think the, the being scared of making a living, seeing how my mom and dad lived and the type of jobs they had. And of course, we grew up in a different generation of being not following passions and dreams, but being responsible and getting a good job that had good retirement and staying there till you retired. And uh, it was just the way it was. And it, it, it made me go do something I didn't want, really want to do. And I was stuck with it for 30 years. So when this came along, when it did, oh my gosh, I was thrilled. Um, and then when I saw it, it didn't take $10,000 and I didn't have to go to a studio, I could do this at home and it was reasonable. And, and, uh, heck, I just, I just, you know, went head over heels with it. It was like a, a new, new me. I was alive again and I could create and do things. But I'm also, due to being in business that long, I'm a data person. I believe in data. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And I use, let me use the philosophy of, you know, you're, um, uh, you have equipment at work and it makes these parts and it's making them perfectly for a week. And then all of a sudden they start, you start having bad ones. And Everybody's going, well, why are we getting bad parts? Why are we getting bad parts? Because something changed. Something in the process changed. 
It could mean that change could be that something in that assembly line had worn down and was not holding the part in a tolerant position when it was having something done to it. And, you know, that becomes tricky. It could be that somebody went in and made an adjustment. It could be you got in a different lot number of component parts. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things could have gone wrong, but I'm a believer in the data. You look for the data. Where where did that that uh, malfunction start happening? And you start digging into why, and you'll find a change point. Uh, so I'm a data-driven person. When I look at voiceover data and the information that came out recently, and it said, and it was published, I can't remember. It was all over Facebook. It was everywhere. Those of you that saw it, for doing the new survey for the next year. 75% of people in voiceover make less than $40,000 a year, 75%. Most of those, it said, most of those are in the eight to $12,000 bracket and less than 20% make six figures, less than 20%. I wish it was more pointed and we knew a number, but based on how many people are in voiceover, and you start hacking down into those numbers, it's not a lot of people making a lot of money. It's, it's just not. Uh, and these are facts. I'm not making this up. These, these came right off that survey. Some of the other facts I've tallied on my own that I know you guys can relate to, and I've, I've mentioned it some in the uh, Facebook group. Let's talk about Fiverr. You love it. You hate it. You loathe it. It's your choice. You can you can feel about it how you want to feel about it. There are people there making a lot of money. There are people there frustrated with it every day. Uh, there are many of us there trying to figure out, you know, how is it we do so good this way and then that way, and it's just all over the place. I decided last month I wasn't going to focus on it. Just let it do whatever it does. Focus on the things I can control. I can control how many emails I send out. I can control my customer service that I'm giving to my current clients. I can control, uh, you know, any learning and advertising or whatever. Those things I can control, and that's what I will focus on. And I had a lot better month, um, much better month. I had a decent month on Fiverr in relation to how I've been doing. It was second highest I've ever had. But it's still not that high compared to a lot of people. I mean, we're only talking about uh, $1,400 or so. Um, and, and in all honesty, a lot of that was off, uh, $600 of that was off one order. So, you know, not a ton of, of orders, but I've got good regular customers on there, fortunately. But look at the numbers on Fiverr. Let's look at the data right? Because everything is based on this algorithm and your customer service and how you're doing and your reviews and, you know, are you getting constant sales and et cetera, et cetera. On a weekly basis, and this is me looking every week and writing it down in my little steno pad, on a weekly basis, somewhere between 125 and 200 new profiles are added in to voiceover every week. Now, that can be people like me adding a niche profile. I might have put in a new Texas cowboy gig, or maybe I put in a, a something else gig. If I'm already on the platform, you know, it's still going to, it's adding another available profile. But that's still another 150 to 200 added to the algorithms that are being searched because, you know, what we put in our descriptions and stuff may be very similar. So it's still churning all that through the algorithm. 
doesn't that affect things for for everybody? Probably, probably does. You know, I, I think it affects it greatly. It has to because there's that many more people coming in. Um, let me also add, I'm only looking at male voiceover when I look at my numbers because that's what matters to me. I'm not competing with female voiceovers. Most of the time, you're not. So that is strictly male voiceover. Out of my control, though, right? So just move on. But it's something to think about. Now let's talk about auditions. I will book a job about every 52 auditions. That's not terrible, but that's a lot of work for a job. And especially if that one that you get is $150, uh, you know, 18 second, you know, line for a, a video game or something. Not much. Uh, it's But it's not a terrible ratio. But your average starting out, if you want to know, well, what about when I start out? Sometimes it takes up to 200 auditions to land your first one, and then your average will smooth out at about 1 to 100 for a while, and then you'll see it start really coming down. That's if you are improving and you are auditioning the way you should and you're getting coaching and help and getting better. Um, but if you're just starting out and, and you haven't had much formal coaching at all, that 1 to 100 may stay there a long time. Um, it just can. So there's another factor. Um, another thing, and kind of tying back to Fiverr or whatever, uh, other platforms, I stopped working cheap and giving things away a while back, and it definitely stunted my number of jobs. But the income didn't change a lot. Now, the first month or two, it did because it, you know how that works on, on uh, Fiverr, you're going to get dinged uh, a lot of times for making changes. And I made quite a few changes to set all that up because you're talking about changing, you know, your price structure, word structure, you know, uh, your extras and all that stuff. And plus, I had 20 gigs up and I took it down to six. Uh, I'm back up to 10 right now, but it's an experiment with some thumbnails and things, and that's just where I can't leave it alone. I just have to see if it makes a difference. Uh, but, you know, last month being a pretty decent month, uh, overall for me, May was a really good month, but I had a really well-paying agency job that the check came in for. And I've said this before, I base my months on what goes in the bank, not what I book. So that job was done uh, a couple months ago. But it came into my May income, which, which you know, kind of blew it up. But direct business, no platform, no agent, no nothing, was 46% of my business in May. Good repeat business is key. Good repeat direct business is very key. I believe in it. I really do. I look at it as there's a funnel going into my bank account, and I want a lot of stuff pouring in that funnel. And direct being the one I, I would like direct to be the big feeder, um, you know, and then after that, it would be, um, you know, the, the pay to play or agencies, and then it can be the other stuff. So if you're fairly new, here's the short list on what can happen. You want to get into voiceover, you know, give me the ins and outs, short bullet points. What do you really think? First off, you're not likely to charge into voiceover and start making a lot of money the first year. You're not likely to go full-time 
it really should take you three to five years because it takes that long to learn the craft. I mean, it takes that long to learn how to just record stuff. It takes that long to learn the craft. And I'm saying you need to be learning, 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 you know, training, training. It's like anything else. Second, you may or may not have the God-given ability to do this. You will actually spend most everything you make getting trained the first couple of years. And if you don't, I don't think you'll make it. You have to reinvest. But I'm doing this because I need extra money for this, this, this. Okay, we'll keep, use half of it. You know, I only made $212 last month. Well, that's okay. You put 100 back for coaching. At least reinvest half. Reinvest as much as you can in yourself. Go to as many workshops as you can. Go get a coach. Figure out who the coach needs to be. What I was talking about earlier, decipher all this stuff and figure out who's legit and who's not. Who do you like? Who helps you? Who's really good in helping you? If you don't see an uptick in a couple weeks in shortlist uh, that you're auditioning for or callbacks or wins after you've been coached, better think about that coach. Just, just saying. You should see some type of change. Some. It may not be fanatical. You may not book eight jobs. But if you haven't booked anything and then you book something, it could be that that's helping you, right? Third off, if you're crazy like I was and you decide, I'll make out fine one way or another, I'm getting in this full time. Take a chill pill. Had I waited another year or two, I could really be reinvesting right now. And when I look at this overall, I just couldn't. I mean... I was to the point of physically sick. I just, I couldn't take the pressure anymore. But had I waited another year or two, just think over these last uh, four months, five months of when I look back at, at how I've done, I don't know that it's because I'm here all day. I don't think it's really made that much difference. But I think about the pro demos I could have had made. I could have already had my automotive demo. I could have uh, a really good political demo. Yeah, I can make them myself. I don't suck at it, but there's something about those pro demos, right? Um, I could upgrade, um, you know, from my Audient ID4 to an Apollo. I mean, I'm very happy with all my equipment otherwise, but I'd love to have an Apollo because for some reason I hear clarity uh, on on people that have those that I don't quite hear on mine. It's not that much difference, but I'd like to have one. Maybe it's just a me thing, but I would be in a position to do that. I'd be in a position to go uh, to more workshops and get more one-on-one coaching. There's There's a person I want to coach with so badly, but right now I can't. It's just not in my my wheelhouse right now to do that. I also want to be on uh, Voices 123 at a higher platform. I'm close. I've been methodically setting aside so much a month just for that and not touching it, and I'm almost there. So maybe next month I can, I can execute that. Yeah, there's a lot of things I would have done different. I might have could have had better computer setup. I could have uh, actually maybe switched over to Apple and and not bought another PC. Not that it's better or worse. It's just that I like the the idea that I can bring a laptop 
with me uh, the the uh, MacBook Pro and it's silent. You don't hear anything. And I can put all my stuff in there if I traveled or went somewhere. Because on my other job, I had to travel and I would have had to have kept a good travel setup. Didn't have to travel much these last couple of years, but that's, you know, thank you, pandemic. Um, but like I said, think before you leap. Let it, you know, take your time with it. And those of you that have families and have kids and all that, it's it's really, really hard to do all this. I get that. You know, mine are grown. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm almost 60 years old. Well, I'm not quite 60, but I'm pushing it close. I'm closer to 60 than 50. And, and, and my lifestyle afforded the fact I could go ahead and do this. But I guarantee you, there's not a week that goes by I'm not a nervous wreck about it. And that's, that's been kind of hard on me. Um, fourth, did I get three? Sure, I did. Four, treat it like a business, reinvest, build, market, be professional, network, and bust your rear end. And you might get to six figures if you do the, all the other things I've mentioned and do it smart. You might get to the six figures. It takes a lot of work to hit six figures in voiceover, a lot. It takes a lot of jobs, a lot of work, a lot of good. It takes smart, smart decisions. Fifth, this is also a side hustle if that's what you want. But do not ignore the other four points. Build your business that way, and that's fine. Had I still been in a daytime position that I liked and that I had a little flexibility where I could answer things on my phone and respond to stuff, you know, there was the times, uh, there were times that stuff came through and somebody would need a sample right now. And I said, well, I can only do it on my phone. And they'd say, that's fine. I would go into an office, close the door and do a sample for a few seconds and send it and got jobs off of that. I won a, a voices.com audition off of a, a, a phone audition. And I felt you know, when I sent it, I thought, I know this is a really good job for me. I mean, it had everything in there that, you know, for me, Southern this, you know, blah, 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 must be genuine and original. And, and I thought, well, I got to send it because it was going to expire. And, you know, so very seldom was people put a job up for a day or something like that, or I maybe I caught it late, but I knew if I didn't get it in, I wouldn't have a chance. And I got it. Um, if I had those opportunities still and could be at a place that I liked, had things not changed on that job, I'd probably still be there. And I'd, and I'd be a part-time voice artist. And I would be really building, building, building to where I could step out of that job, but I would have been in a more comfortable position than I was. I wasn't uncomfortable. I don't want anybody to think, oh, my gosh, he, he's going to go belly up. He's you know, No, it's not that. It's... <laughs> It's that mentally, it was a very quick decision because although we had talked about, I'd love to do this full time someday, we knew that I would probably wait until I was 60 or 62. And he said, my gosh, that's a long time to wait to start a business. But I, it was just one of those things. We'll leave it at that. I know a lot of people will say, uh, but hey, I'm making, you know, three, four thousand a month part time. If I was home all day, I'd have more opportunities. Your opportunities would be to market yourself. Your opportunities would be to um, 
react to auditions if you're on pay to plays, hopefully faster. But um, it, it really hasn't changed things a lot for me. I'm not seeing in the four months uh, or five months now of being home, I'm not seeing on pay to plays that much change for me. Now, that tells me a couple things that. I'm either auditioning for a lot of the wrong jobs, stuff I probably shouldn't audition for. Maybe I'm not auditioning enough, or maybe my auditions just aren't that good. And that's really what it comes down to, because guess what? I'm not doing as much coaching as I was doing last year. So I need to get back to it, and I know that. And I also know it's not the workshop coaching. I need the one-on-one stuff. Uh, because I need more concentrated time on certain types of reads and also need to continue to work on neutralizing parts of my accent. People tell me all the time, I wouldn't do it. It's such a niche, you know, and, and you're right. It is. I love getting that work, but I could get a little more if I'm able to neutralize a little bit. It maybe doesn't have to be a lot, but it needs to be a little bit. And I work on it on my own. But having a dialect coach would be awesome. But anyway, you know where I'm going with all of this. If you're home all day, you have more opportunity. If you're home this, you're home that. If you're making three or four grand a month and you need to make five to get into voiceover or six, because remember, you got to take taxes out. So if you're making 6000 and you take out 30% for taxes, that's $1,800. Uh, you are not quite making six making 42. So think about that, your take home and, you know, all that. Don't do it. I mean, if you like your day job, you got a family to raise, you're a long way away from being able to take that risk, don't do it. Just don't do it. Uh, A lot of people just, they confidently know when it's time. And I think, you know, I think, you know, I'm a believer in your, your gut will tell you when it's time. Um, You know, just don't do it if it's not time, you know, said me also, but looking back, I would have been smarter to have tried to wait another year, but I don't know if I could have. Um, But with that said now, I have to work twice as hard because there is a lot of pressure to succeed because I put myself in that position. I built that brand. Uh, I've got the Facebook group, and I'm trying to step it up because there are people out there that want us to fail, right? And I know that because one of those people was emailing me a while back telling me I would fail telling me I was not booking jobs, telling me that I was not good and that my accent was killing me and I would be belly up within the next few months. Now, let's push that a little further, just a little further since we're pushing some buttons. Who in the world is it that is chasing after Mark Scott? He has to be, if not one of the, he has to be the nicest, most giving people at the level he's at why is someone out to get him knocked off Facebook and knocked off and, and removed from YouTube? Why? The voiceover community, from what I've seen, is wonderful. It's very uh, supportive. People are very nice. I've talked to people on Zoom that are, you know, high name, big time VO people. And they'd spend 30, 45 minutes just shooting the breeze, encouraging you, you know, uh, feel free to reach out anytime, things like that. I've got my theories because you can kind of see who the negative Nancys are from time to time. 
And yes, I understand there are these two avenues and you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and you're, you're, you know, you're driving prices down. And I get all that, believe me. I don't like it either. But I'm caught in the middle as a lot of you guys are. But my theory, and, and I can't reveal it, but shockingly, they could be connected to the, the thing I went through. And I say that because this quote-unquote, I'm using the word stalker, that's not what they were, they were a harasser is the word. They were using a female name for their email, yet I could tell by the way it was structured, pretty sure, that it was a male. Um, And then they admitted it was fake. And then they said in one of the last uh, communications, we are watching you and we know you're not that successful and you'll go belly up. What about that? We are watching you. So is it part of a group? You know, what is it? I don't know. But the VO community that I know is not that way. But why are they, why is someone after Mark? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. What do they get from that? What has Mark done to anybody but help people? I just don't understand it. Anyway, and, and then again, then again, people are vindictive as all get out, right? So maybe they bought Mark's course and they expected to buy his course and fold their arms and money start coming in. Yes, people do that every day. They think if they go out and buy anybody's course or whatever and they do a couple of the little things in there, everything should be great. It doesn't work that way. You have to do it. It's a tool. And I say that about a lot of things because, yeah, I had uh, gastric bypass. And a lot of us expect it after you have that, weight comes off, weight stays off. No, it doesn't. It will come back many years later. It's a tool, and if you abuse that tool and don't use it properly, it'll backfire on you. You know, it won't work for you was the best way to say it. So maybe somebody bought his course, and they just they didn't make six figures, and... <laughs> And they decided to go ballistic. I just don't get how, I just don't get how people get anything out of that. I just don't get it. You know, the VO community that that I know is not that way, but I do see this click, just like we had in high school. You know, and there's this certain set of people that want to rule the school, and you should do what they do, and and if you don't, you're out of the click. You know, there's some of that, but it's it's not really that um, loud, I guess is the word. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, whoever it is, leave Mark alone. Let Mark do his thing. Let people buy his course. Let people learn from him. Let him teach. Now he's all worried. You know, you can just see the frustration and worry on him about this. It's not right. And as he recently said, how do you fight it? You know, you got to know what the violation was. And uh, I don't know. It just breaks my heart to see that. I don't get it. Um, another thing tied into that is um, I, I have a client that has uh, a pretty large YouTube channel. And he was trying to help a friend of his get his monetization back because YouTube had taken it away. So they had me do a narration about how they uh, gather all their stuff for their channel and where they get it and how they get it and how it's not, you know, it's it's all 
on the legit and everything. And then they put a video with it showing their people actually doing the work. And, um, you know, it went through like who researched this on Google and who, who found the public domain video and who, who was like, who writes the script and, and, you know, what happens after that. And, and, you know, and it goes through, went through all the steps and how many hours went into each video. It was pretty neat to see because I didn't understand that process totally, but they were using that video and narration as a thing to send to YouTube to ask to get their monetization back. And I had done two of those for them for two different channels. I guess whoever it was got targeted as well, but they apparently knew how to reply. But I noticed that Mark said that he, he really didn't know what the violation was and it's hard to fight, um, you know, or present to them, you know, I didn't do this when you don't know what they say you did. Just not fair, not fair. Anyway, a lot of information today, um, and if there are things in here that, that you need to ask questions about, hey, jump in the group, get, uh, ask those questions. Somebody will answer them. It may not always be me, but you'll probably get an answer. Um, know that I'm not singling anybody out in any of this uh, other than Mark, but I want Mark to do well. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that works out for him because he's such a nice guy. Um, but going all the way back to the beginning of the podcast this week, you know, talking about people saying, well, you can have a six-figure income. A lot of people put that in their ads. So I'm not, I'm not saying there's any one certain person that does that. And there's a lot of that. And there legitimately was, re, for real, at least three different people I saw in the last couple of weeks on TikTok um, talking about they were now doing coaching and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I actually looked into a couple of them. And like I said, very legit. Uh, you know, and, and I can just kind of tell by their TikTok videos are probably pretty decent VOs because they, they've just got, you know, they just got it. They just got the gift of gab and it, and you know, they're very believable when they talk. But, um, all I, all I'll say in closing this is for, for gosh sakes, dig into, look into, get references, team up with, with somebody and stick with them if they're helping you. And if it's not helping and you're not seeing improvement and change, do something else. Can I also say this? If you're auditioning your butt off and you've had coaching and it's not helping and you're not doing better, something's wrong. It's either the coaching's not working or what you're doing's not working. So make a change in something if things aren't going well. If things are going well, be dadgum careful what you change, right? Whether it's on a platform, and I'm talking about in your descriptions, in your keywords, and your this and your that. If it's going pretty well, and you're also seeing, you know, other people saying, eh, it's a little slow, it's a little slow, and you're thinking, yeah, it is. Maybe I ought to change something. No, 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 no. Everybody's a little slow. Everybody might be. So don't change. When things aren't working for everybody, that's different. When it's not working just for you, that's definitely different. So be careful. Just be careful and, and analyze and study. Remember what I said earlier? The data doesn't lie, and it really doesn't. I don't care if it's voiceover, if engineering, uh, building car engines. I say that because that's what I used to do. The data won't lie to you. How are you doing on your auditions? Are you 50 to 1, 70 to 1? How long you been doing this? 
how long you've been coaching, how much coaching have you had, put all that data together and see which way it's going. It'll help you really well. All right. We'll be back uh, hopefully next week with more uh, mind bending information. I hope it didn't bore you guys too much today, but I did really want to hit on a lot of points about what's going on with full-time, part-time, how much money, what to do, what not to do, and, and what has happened in the community with people going after people. I just don't get it. You know, uh, there's enough bad going on in the world without these little things being added to it. Go out and get that direct business. Treat your customers wonderfully. Be communicative to them. Be, uh, you know, deliver your best. You guys know all this. We preach it and preach it, you know, and uh, do all the right things. And, and if this is your passion, you'll get there. But don't rush. If you don't have to rush, don't rush. Don't follow my mistake. And, and I, it's not really a mistake. I was, like I've said a hundred times, it's uh, the time was right. I'm just a very, I'm very insecure about depending on myself sometimes. And I shouldn't be, you know, I'm not. Uh, incapable, but it worries me that I can't reinvest like I was reinvesting. And I think maybe that's probably what's scaring me the most. But uh, that will get better as well. Uh, I'm I'm 99% sure it will. All right, everybody have a good week and uh, the babble is over and we'll see you next time right here on The VO Life. You've been listening to The VO Life with Troy Holden. Check back for more episodes each week and catch up on what you've missed also. This is for you, those just living that VO life. Thanks for listening and join us again. The VO Life intro is by Louise Porter. The outro by Liz Moya. You can pick us up on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and many other podcast carriers. Need to send me an email? Do it today, Troy at TroyHoldenVoices.com. Thanks for listening.